With the power of Tandem HR, you are in the fast lane on Main Street with Get Down to Business with Shalom Klein, the show for business and jobs. Now, the champion of networking, the advocate of jobs, the guru of business, your host, Shalom Klein. We are all about small business, jobs, and entrepreneurship. In business, we talk a lot about business here. You're on with Get Down to Business, and I'm your host, Shalom Klein. Remember, you can always download podcasts from Get Down to Business on my website at ShalomKlein.com. And while you are there, don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Shalom Klein. It's going to be a jam-packed week of content, guests, and information that you will not want to miss. It's a live show, and you can call us at 312-642-5600, 312-642-5600. Get Down to Business is powered by our good friends at Tandem HR, your solution center. Give them a call, 630-928-0510. Check out their website, tandemhr.com. And as a reminder, I'll be running in the Las Vegas Marathon at the end of January uh, in support of a fantastic cause. We had uh, Elliot Cohn on the program last week, and a uh, great cause, and I would very much value and appreciate your support. Aside from getting my website to download those podcasts and get a sneak peek of who's going to be on next week on the show, all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship, please donate to a fantastic cause uh, during this holiday season. Once again, that website, shalomkline.com. Uh, and your support is very, very much appreciated. So can you believe it? We're in the midst of the holiday season. So let's talk about gift giving in business. Where has this year gone? It's been another tough year for small business. For many of us, there's very little left in the budget for gift giving to customers. Yet it's always nice to show your appreciation for their business during the holiday season. You want to give something that the recipient will enjoy and appreciate, and that's affordable. Trying to determine what that something is causes often gift-giving anxiety. I know it does for me. But before you start shopping for the right item, let me share some business gift-giving tips. First of all, regarding accepting gifts, you want to find out whether your customer or client can indeed accept gifts from vendors. Some companies prohibit employees from accepting gifts, I think they're crazy, while others only allow them to accept a gift under a certain dollar amount. And consider interest. Consider the customer's interests, likes and dislikes. For example, giving someone specialty coffees who doesn't drink coffee won't likely make a great impression. The same is true for alcohol. Many corporate gift companies offer customized labels for fine wines, which can make a fantastic gift but not if your customer doesn't drink. And you don't want to be too personal. Avoid gifts that are too personal because they can easily be misinterpreted. A friend of mine received a bottle of perfume from one of her professional service providers, and she felt so uncomfortable she switched companies. Gag gifts are also a huge no-no. You may think that the gift is funny, but your customer may not see the humor in it and instead might actually be offended. When possible, personally deliver your holiday gift. Personally sign the gift card instead of using a pre-printed gift company card. And keep in mind, the holiday season consists of different religious celebrations. Don't, don't make assumptions about your customers. And I know I'm going to get in a lot of trouble for saying this on the air, but uh, I would recommend stick with the general happy holidays or season greetings. I know it's a controversial issue. And listen, I'm all about saying Merry Christmas. And I think that... Uh, 
you know, we should celebrate who we are in this country. I, I celebrate Hanukkah. Um, but that said, you don't know who your customers are. So uh, um, if you know that they celebrate Christmas, by all means, say Merry Christmas. It's fantastic. But if you don't know what religion they celebrate, don't make any assumptions. Happy holidays, season greetings. Saying thanks and showing appreciation is the reason to give your customers holiday gifts. Certainly, a gift certificate is a nice choice as long as it's for something that the customer enjoys. If I were your customer, a gift certificate to PetSmart might be a huge hit, but one from Starbucks might end up uh, being used by another member of my family uh, because they often use the more expensive drinks at Starbucks. The price you pay for your customers' gifts isn't as important as the thoughtfulness of your selection. And a couple more things you might want to consider for your holiday gifts are charitable donations. Think about that a little bit. Charitable donations and perhaps a business lunch. Donating to your customers' favorite charity in their name is an excellent, amazing, and appreciated way to say thanks during the holiday season. Also, a nice holiday business lunch can be a good choice, too. After all, in today's 24-7 world, sharing our time with friends, family, and customers can be the best gift of all. I can't believe we're literally just a week and a half away from Christmas, so close to New Year's. It's going to be, uh, it's, it's, it's already here, it's right upon us, and uh, you should get in the mode, you should get in the zone of holiday gift giving uh, for family members. Now is a good time. There's some great deals that are out there whenever possible. Support your local small businesses. Uh, they often have a wider selection of unique and eclectic items that you might not find in a big box store. Um, but also you're supporting your local economy. And we talk about that often on this program, about how uh, how good that is. It has ripple effects uh, on jobs locally in the community. And we'll talk actually about local businesses and local restaurants uh, with our guest on the next segment. Uh, we'll talk to you about that in just a moment. But uh, certainly support your local businesses as you actually buy gifts for your business contacts. So think about it. If you have a client that you might be taking out to eat, you might want to buy one of those gift certificates. Instead of uh, going to one of the big, big, big retail chains, or restaurant chains that are out there, find a local, sm- a local small business, a local small restaurant that you can support. They often do gift cards. They often uh, will provide something, and you'll actually expose one of your customers to a brand new restaurant, and you'll be supporting a small business at the same time. Think about it if you're going to buy other gifts. There are so many unique varieties of businesses that you can support buy fantastic gifts from. And finally, a networking tip of the week. Remember, silence is golden, but the ability to listen is priceless. When you're engaged in a conversation, focus in on what the other person is saying. You may pick up on leads and ideas that you didn't expect. And I've been saying it for the past few weeks here on Get Down to Business on the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship, that during this holiday season, during this remaining two weeks of 2016, it's not time to write off uh, the two weeks as the time that there's no networking that will take place. This is actually a fantastic opportunity to get out there, meet some new people. People are in a very festive holiday spirit. People are in a good mood. So go out to your coffee shop. Go meet with people. Find a fundraiser. There are so many fantastic organizations. Just yesterday, uh, my wife and I were out at two different organizations supporting their work. And it's a fantastic opportunity to meet people you'd otherwise never have 
had opportunities to meet with. And uh, and this is a great holiday uh, time of year to get out there, meet people, uh, support local small businesses, but showing thanks. Showing thanks is really important. And indeed, if you have any money left in your budget, uh, investing in your clients, investing in supporting and, and showing thanks to your vendors, to your employees, it will go a long way because it's, as I always say, it's an ROI. There's a return on the investment. When you give a gift, it's paying it forward because they will be appreciative unless you get something bad, as I mentioned, and I provided some of those tips just a moment ago. Don't do the gag, don't do the gag gifts. Don't do the gifts that, uh, that, might be, uh, that, that might offend your customer. Certainly not worth losing a customer over that experience. But if you are, uh, if you are creative and sensitive in your approach to gift giving, you'll actually not only uh, win a thank you from the customer, they might actually choose to do more business with you as we approach the upcoming year of 2017, which is right upon us. So I mentioned we've got a a jam-packed lineup of guests coming up on the program. Uh, Coming up in just a short while, I'll be uh, chatting with Elon Kornblum, um, and who will be talking to us a little bit about restaurants uh, here in Chicago, kosher restaurants in Chicago, uh, and we'll talk with him in just a short while. We'll also be chatting with Jeff Steyer with the National Center for Public Policy Research. You know, we like to talk a lot about politics on this program, and certainly there's a lot of controversial things going on with uh, President-elect Trump's uh, picks for the cabinet. We'll uh, talk about some of those choices with Jeff coming up here on Get Down to Business. But uh, we are powered by our good friends at Tandem HR, your solution center. You can find them online at tandemhr.com. Fantastic blog with information about the Affordable Care Act. Uh, Other solutions made available to employers, big and small. This is the time of year that you want to be making those decisions for 2017. Don't wait until you're in January or February. Start thinking about tax implications of not complying with the Affordable Care Act. There are a lot of new regulations that have been put in place, including overtime hours, uh, a lot of unknown uh, questions regarding the upcoming administration. But right now, there are rules in place, and you need to comply with them. That's why I encourage you to talk to our good friends at Tandem HR, your solution center. Give them a call, 630-928-0510, or visit their website, tandemhr.com. Once again, fantastic blog. And get on my website, shalomkline.com. That's where you can download podcasts, find contact information for upcoming guests, Elon Kornblum and Jeff Steyer, uh, who will be joining us shortly on the program. Uh, shalomkline.com. And you'll get a sneak peek of who's going to be on next week on the show, all about small business, jobs, and entrepreneurship. All that information on my website, shalomkline.com. Until then, Chicago Don't Touch That Bell. We'll be right back. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer from the AM. Who doesn't love food during this holiday season? Whether you celebrate Christmas, you're celebrating Hanukkah, this time of year revolves around the kitchen, or at least takeout food. Here to join me on the program is Elon Kornblum, the uh, president and publisher of Great Kosher Restaurants Magazine and the, uh, the uh, founder of Great Kosher Food. He's an over 25,000-plus member Facebook foodie group. Elon, welcome to the program. Thank you. Thank you, Shalom. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Well, I can tell from that accent you're a New Yorker, um, so uh, <laughs> you certainly know Pretty a thing or two accent, about yeah. food. 
Yeah, it's pretty cold here, by the way. So I'm sure it's probably just as cold as in Chicago. So uh, we, we feel the we feel your uh, your feel, feel your cold. <laughs> well, it's the windy city, but that's uh, you know as long as you're surrounded by good food filling up your tummy and 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 good drinks, sure. uh, that's what matters. So let's talk about you first. Then let's talk about some food, and we'll talk a little bit okay. about the holidays and what you want our listeners to know about some fantastic choices in the Chicagoland area or beyond if people are traveling for the, uh, for the sure. holiday season. But, Elon, uh, you're, you're, you're a foodie, and we'll talk about the term in a moment. You're a foodie. Right. How did you become the restaurant guy? So I started this 13 years ago. Um, started the Great Coast Restaurants magazine, and I was taking pictures long before it was cool and you know trendy of taking pictures of your food and posting it. So um, I kind of have been doing it for over a decade, decade with our website and our newsletter, and just letting people know from all over the world uh, what's good to eat at restaurants, where they should go, what we recommend. So that's kind of how um, when I started. But you know the term foodie it probably is a little overused I'll be the first one to admit it uh, it's a little bit of a obviously um, a marketing you know angle for us because you know everyone likes to be called a foodie I think for a foodie is anyone who, who's interested in food who likes to talk about food who wants to go to a restaurant who wants to hear more about it you know the food obviously the term is a pretty technical someone who went to culinary school or knows the the taste buds and can tell the difference between this and that i don't i think anyone that is interested in food that's what that's a foodie you know anyone that's deep down and just wants to know a little bit more of you know good food and in full disclosure, Ilan, I heard you uh, just, uh, it, I think it was about a week and a half ago or so, at a restaurant that we'll be sure to plug in just a moment here in Chicago. And the way you described the food leads me to believe that you're not just a foodie in name. You truly, uh, through and through, are a foodie. You describe the food in such detail, um, describing the uh, the pluses and where it's from and why you appreciate right. it, and that leads me to believe that you've been uh, you've been around quite a bit. So, Ilan, before we get any further, uh, where's your favorite place to travel? And I'm assuming that food likely uh, has a lot to do with that answer. Okay, so first I was afraid you were going to ask me what's your favorite restaurant. So thank you. for Oh uh, no, 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 I'm, I'm going to leave that for for just a few minutes. Okay. Um, my favorite place to visit. Well, it's funny you ask that because I'm going to Miami on Tuesday um, for a few days just to kind of um, give a shot in the arm to to that area who's hurt uh, last you know several months with a little bit of a scare of Zika. So um, going there this week and I love to visit Miami. Beautiful weather. Um, the beaches, which I don't get a chance to go to because I'm usually visiting, you know, 60, 70 restaurants when I go. But uh, that, you know, I think after New York, you know, New York, New Jersey, put it together, I think Miami, you know, the South Florida scene has the most, uh, you know, best restaurants that people can uh, take advantage of. And anywhere from Miami Beach all the way to Boca, especially now, Boca is very, very hot, uh, literally. And so um, it's a perfect time to go now. And, and if I can give everyone, you know, hopefully a little bit of uh, advice is now is a great time with the flights are low and, and car rentals and definitely support your, your restaurants in, in South Florida. But I think that um, of all places besides New York has um, probably the best amount of restaurants. That's that's great advice. And, and we just talked about it earlier on the program. We talked about supporting small businesses I know that uh, on uh, aside for 
uh, knowing a lot about restaurants yourself, you share that information. And, and of course, I want to make sure that we uh, give our listeners an opportunity to find the Facebook group and the app and the deal website. And uh, I know that, Elon, you have the uh, you, you provide the ability for restaurants um, to promote certificates. Tell us a little bit about that, how people can find deals um, for some of the sure. restaurants that you've enjoyed. Right. So obviously you mentioned about the holiday season, which is a perfect time for you know gift giving, and it's better to give than to receive. Uh, so we have a lot of certificates that um, we, we get from restaurants uh, that we sell at a discount. So you're buying certificates uh, from us at uh, 20, 30 percent off, and it's like a regular certificate from the restaurant, and you can give it to your friends, your family, your teachers, the bus drivers, anyone that you want to kind of give to. So that's a you know great kosher deal is our site. I think we've saved over $300,000 um, to our customers who, who basically uh, just buy certificates. You're going to go to a restaurant anyway. Uh, why pay retail, you know, as they say? So here you could uh, purchase them at a discount, and it gets most 90% get emailed to you. We have a lot of Chicago restaurants, obviously, uh, you guys there. So there's a lot of restaurants uh, in Chicago that we have certificates for that we sell at a discount. So certainly check that out at Great Kosher Deals, great, uh, great site. Uh, Ilan, I want to talk a little bit about trends because uh, I think that like technology and like clothing, Food, uh, there are trends as well. I think sushi was one of the big trends just a few years ago. What are you seeing in, in as we close out 2016 and move into 2017? What's the uh, what's the the trend that that's taking hold of at least the kosher market? But let's talk overall. Um, what sort of restaurants do you think will be opening, and what kind of foods uh, will become more and more readily accessible? So just talk about sushi for a second. It's, it's almost not even a trend anymore. It's here to stay. Uh, it's been around for thousands of years, and it's amazing how busy at a wedding, at, at every restaurant, whether it's meat or dairy or small or big, they have a sushi uh, bar. So it's amazing how that has really taken off. But in terms of other uh, trends, I think uh, burgers. Um, I think the gourmet burger restaurant is, is very big now, again, especially that I'm in New York, and there's so many restaurants um, that are opening up. And, and, you know, really I think it starts in New York. really starts actually non-kosher. I think the kosher market is about five years uh, behind the non-kosher market. So what, you know, what we see going on there, you, you know, you'll see in a few years, whether it was sushi, um, whether it's uh, bacon, you know, bacon, you know, fake bacon, beef fry is, is very big now. So we're doing a lot of that. Uh, you're seeing then some of the restaurants, um, again, gourmet, gourmet burgers. You're seeing a lot of smoke houses now opening up. Uh, people, you know, are, are doing, kind of doing that in their backyard as an amateur, um, getting a smoker, and, and now you're seeing a lot of some of the restaurants uh, now do that because, you know, 16, 17 hours to smoke a brisket, it's not something that everyone can do. <laughs> so certainly that, um, that's coming, and hopefully Chicago will, will get that soon. Uh, you have some, you have obviously Milt's Barbecue, which is already kind of a, a smokehouse, although it's more indoors. But um, so, so Milt's Barbecue is a great example of, uh, it's been around for a couple of years, where they saw the trend in, in barbecue and, and smoking, and so you know they're, they're in the forefront uh, here in Chicago. And then you have a lot of, 
Um, obviously, you'll have your steakhouses. We mentioned that we, we saw each other a couple of weeks ago at uh, Evita. It's a new Argentinian restaurant in, in Chicago on uh, North Lincoln Avenue. And so, um, you know, you're seeing oh, still, you're seeing a lot of comfort, um, you know, fine casual, I would call it, restaurants where it's not the fancy, fancy upscale restaurants, but it's it's the good quality, quality ingredients in a nice, friendly, casual uh, classy atmosphere. There so you have it. Tips, see. advice from Elon Kornblum, the uh, the the president and publisher of great uh, great uh, kosher restaurants. Uh, fantastic advice, including some local destinations. And this is coming from a guy who is certainly not a uh, not a local. In fact, it's probably very hard to pin you down on in one place for more than a week because you are such a foodie visiting fantastic places and great, great, great tips on supporting small businesses throughout the country, including those hit recently by the by uh, the epidemic of of Zika and perhaps the lull in traveling. Uh, I know you're heading out there in just a few days. So, Elon, we've got uh, under 30 seconds remaining. Tell us how people can find you online and uh, and and learn more about all the restaurants you've been visiting. Sure. So I've been, again, visiting over 500 restaurants. So there's a lot of information out there that people need to find. You can go on to greatkosherrestaurants.com. That's greatkosherrestaurants.com. You can do an acronym of GKRM, Great Kosher Restaurants Magazine, gkrm.net. Is a short version. Go to our website. You get pictures and menus and articles and reservations and anything you can imagine is all on our site. Of course, our foodie group. Thank God, we're almost almost at twenty six thousand. We're we're setting. You know, we're revolutionizing revolutionizing the way people are going out to eat and getting their information. So go to Great Kosher Restaurant Foodies on Facebook. Just type in the word foodies. We'll pretty much come up. Fantastic, um, Elon Kornblum. Uh, once again, we appreciate your tips and advice. We'll be sure to have you back on to talk more about food. A very popular topic. Uh, we'll be right back. That last conversation made me hungry. In fact, George, what did it make you want to do? Just eat it. Just eat it. Yeah. Um, well, uh, if your organization is fortunate enough to offer a holiday party this season, make sure that your plan ensures an enjoyable event that avoids party mishaps. And some of those mishaps actually has a lot to do with food. And we just talked a lot about food with Elon Kornblum. Um, so uh, check out my website for more of those links and tips that he provided. But in the meantime, 12 tips for you. You want to choose a weeknight to help with your budget. Employees are also less likely to indulge in alcoholic beverages on a work night. And remember, it's a party. You want to provide plenty of food, plenty of non-alcoholic beverages, and some form of entertainment. And you want to set some ground rules to remind employees the same behavioral policies and rules that the office applied during the party. And review your insurance policies for alcohol-related events if you choose to offer alcoholic beverages. Limit alcohol consumption by providing a limited number of drink tickets to employees of legal drinking age. Stop serving alcohol 30 to 60 minutes before the party officially ends. You might want to provide cab fare or have available a list of cab numbers for a safe ride home. You can also offer discounted hotel accommodations. And ask, ask senior staff members to assist with overseeing the party to make sure that everybody has a safe and fun evening. And keep company business short if you're planning any presentations. Remember, it's a party. It's not a full-blown business meeting. And uh, you want to acknowledge employees as a group if honoring their years of service. Remember to keep those speeches to a minimum and give out raffle tickets for a few door prizes if your budget allows. The prizes don't have to be expensive. 
encourage your leadership team, encourage your management team to mingle, introduce themselves to employees. Obviously, this is in a large organization uh, that mingling in those conversations uh, might be uh, more important uh, in a small organization like everybody knows each other pretty darn well. And uh, it's not necessary to uh, to force that. Remember, it only takes a second to shake someone hand, someone's hands, and everyone likes to feel acknowledged. Remember to thank the employees who pulled all the pieces together to make it into a fantastic celebration. There you have it. Some uh, some tips to ensure your holiday party for your company for your small business can be as effective as possible. And remember, uh, in this time of year, as I've been saying throughout the program, as I've been saying all month. You want to make sure that you're following up on referrals. If you have any pending referrals that are out there, people that have been so kind to pass along a an introduction, a contact, a relationship that might actually result in some new business for you, make sure you're touching base on it, not only in thanking the person who made the introduction, the person who made the referral, but also in obviously following up with the individual who you are meant to contact. Don't assume that they're going to reach out to you. I've seen people that have done that. Honestly, the most uh, intelligent and most proactive way is to look at uh, at that list of referrals that you may have. Keep a list, of course. And make sure you're following up on a weekly basis. But certainly now that it's the end of 2016 uh, and there will be likely people taking a week or two off on vacation, now is a good time for you to make sure you're getting out there and following up on those introductions before people leave the office and those auto-responders on email accounts will start to flood your inbox. If you're presented with an opportunity, whether it's a piece of information, a special contact, or a qualified business referral, make sure you act on it immediately. And as I said earlier, make sure you're thinking the source of that referral, the source of that introduction. You never know. They might actually be offended by the fact and and think that, uh, gosh, why would I want to refer you for legal services? You're not proactive enough. Maybe you can't handle the business. You never want to give that impression. As I always say, the busy only get busier, um, but you need to have a plan of action for time management, which I'll share some of those tips at the end of the program. Once again, regarding time and contact management, but regardless of what system you use, you need to have a system that will be effective. And now is a good time also to take your colleagues and friends and referral partners and business associates and relationships out to eat. We talked with Elon Kornblum about some of those tips here in the Chicagoland area, some of those recommendations of where you can take people out to eat, supporting a local small business, and at the same time enjoying fantastic food. Uh, Elon focused a little bit on the kosher market, but certainly there are some fantastic restaurants throughout the Chicagoland area. Chicago is known for our food. So support local small businesses. Try to, aside for uh, patronizing the big chains, uh, make sure you're supporting your local restaurants as well. Speaking of supporting local small businesses, a fantastic small business that is a fantastic supporter of our work here on Get Down to Business is our good friends at Tandem HR. We call them our solution center because they have so many tips, advice, and information for small business owners Regardless of what industry you are in, you are facing many regulations, you are facing many uh, compliance nightmares, and I encourage you to get on the phone with the talented team of advisors and specialists at Tandem HR, your solution center. Give them a call, 630-928-0510, 630 
888-888-0510. You can also visit their website, tandemhr.com, to take a peek at their blog and contact them through the website. Learn more about the team that will help you stay in compliance on the complicated and complex issues, including the Affordable Care Act, overtime regulations, and tax reporting uh, requirements that the uh, that the federal government has put in place. And speaking of compliance and federal government, we will be chatting with Jeff Steyer, um, who will be talking to us a little bit about some environmental regulations. We'll be talking about that in just a few minutes after this quick break. So Chicago, don't touch that dial. You're listening to Get Down to Business, and we'll be right back. Stuck in traffic, we've got the... Welcome back to Get Down to Business. I'm joined by Jeff Steyer with the National Center for Public Policy Research. Jeff is a frequent guest on CNBC and has addressed health policy on CNN, Fox News Channel, and MSNBC, as well as many other programs. Jeff, uh, there's a recent, first of all, welcome to the program. Uh, there's a uh, there's a study that the EPA has been working on about fracking's impact on water safety, and the results uh, of that study are uh, are pretty interesting, at the very least, to uh, perhaps to many Democrats that might be looking to discredit Jeff. Jeff, did the uh, did the results surprise you? Well, actually, the results of the EPA study did not surprise me because they're consistent with just about all the other studies done from a variety of sources. The irony here is that this study, which, as you correctly point out, is uh, raising the ire of some Democrats, in particular 50 members of Congress who are writing a letter to complain about it, they're complaining about the Obama administration's own EPA, its own risk-averse EPA, suggesting that this study, which gives a clean bill of health to fracking, uh, is somehow tilted in favor of industry. That's the first time I've heard that. Well, with the results of this report uh, indicating, and I believe uh, you mentioned to me that there's uh, over a thousand separate sources, that seems pretty uh, pretty conclusive to me. Uh, you would think that now the green activists, perhaps Al Gore, can now get out there and say fracking is now completely safe. Let's support it. Let's uh, let's support the jobs that will be created. Jeff, what do you think? There, uh, what do you think the outcome of this will be? Uh, what are what are those congressional Democrats going to do? Well, I don't think they've got. Um, a leg to stand on anymore. You know, big picture, fracking, which uh, is great for creating jobs, but also great for everybody who consumes products, whether you use gas, whether you heat your home, or whether you're just in business and you, you, you're buying things, right, because energy costs uh, contribute significantly to the price of everything we do. Uh, the, the activists who have opposed fracking have used water safety issues to try to kind of expand uh, their supporters, but really what they're against is extracting energy from the earth. So what they did, they realized that they weren't going to win that argument, hey, we should just not extract energy from the earth, we should have wind energy and solar energy and maybe biofuels and that's it. So what they did was they expanded their argument to say, hey, it's really affecting the water, and we all want clean water. But the science has been consistent, that, and this is what the EPA study is concluding, that fracking does not have a widespread systemic impact on water. So they've got really nowhere to turn politically other than maybe finally being honest with us and saying, well, we weren't really worried about the water. Uh, we just don't want to extract energy from, from the earth. Well, Jeff, let's talk a little bit about fracking and the impact. We, we talk every week on this program about uh, business and jobs. And uh, I know that fracking 
uh, ultimately, ultimately will have a positive impact on on jobs. The industry uh, can boost the economy. But let's talk about some of those numbers and the timeline um, that 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 this might happen. And obviously, we'll talk in a moment about the incoming administration and the moves that they might make in support or perhaps the opposite of fracking. But what will fracking do to our economy? Well, fracking is already uh, done something not only to our economy but to national security. It has improved our economy. It has made a, the U.S. a leading energy producer in the world. Uh, we are less reliant on foreign energy. We, uh, If fracking is able to continue, and I believe it will, especially based on this report and, as, as you suspect, headwinds uh, from the future administration, uh, not only will it create jobs in fracking and in industries that support fracking, it will also be good for business people who need energy uh, at a lower cost. Uh, domestic, domestically supplied energy uh, is, is certainly lower cost when it comes to fracking, uh, especially given OPEC's announcement that they're going to cut production if they keep to that. Uh, but significantly, this helps families, everybody who consumes things. Uh, we will all be better off with lower cost energy, So while, which will have the effect economically of creating more jobs. So even if you're not in the industry, energy industry, even if you're not in, the, in an industry that supports the energy industry, having lower-cost energy, lots of natural gas produced domestically at a lower price will help everybody, whether you're uh, a con- simply a consumer, which we all are, whether we realize it initially or not, or whether you're in business, uh, where, you, where you will have a better job competing not only uh, here in the U.S., but having a, a, a better chance to compete on the international market. Huge impacts, huge ripple effects on the economy. We're chatting with Jeff Steyer with the National Center for Public Policy Research. Jeff, we're, we're quickly running out of time, but I, I, I got time for one more question. And I'm curious, um, it, we're likely, uh, our listeners are likely seeing the, uh, the reports out in the media about uh, President-elect Trump's pick to head the EPA. And uh, they're hearing about his lawsuits that he's involved in as the Attorney General of Oklahoma in trying to you know, basically fight against the EPA. What role will Scott Pruitt have on the EPA, the agency that he's essentially trying to eliminate? How will he head that agency? What's your prediction? Well, first of all, I think it's a fantastic pick. He has, uh, Pruitt has been a fantastic uh, opponent of the problems that are, that are at EPA. He has challenged in court some of the regulatory overreach at the EPA. So this is an, this is a, an agency, uh, I would say more than any other regulatory agency in this administration, that has practiced overreach, regulatory overreach at every turn. And Scott Pruitt hasn't just been a critic of the EPA, he has been a litigant against the EPA. He has tried these cases. He has pursued the EPA across the board. So this is an agency that needs such reform from the inside out. Actually, in a, a recent piece with Dr. Henry Miller, who's a former deputy FDA commissioner, he and I uh, recommend that the Trump administration actually consider shutting down the EPA. And that's not to say that we shouldn't have any regular uh, EPA or environmental regulations, but those rules Well, Jeff, we, we are out of time. Uh, I want to make sure our listeners can find you. Uh, you've got some fantastic information, a wealth of knowledge, jeffsteyer.org. J-E-F-F-S-T-I-E-R dot O-R-G. We'll have you right back uh, coming up on a future program. Now it's time for your business tip of the week, which can be your daily on the morning show at 7.30 a.m. right here on AM560, 
the answer. By the way, you can find out about all of my uh, events coming up on the calendar at ShalomKlein.com. Chances are good that at some point in your life you've taken a time management class, read about it in books, and tried to use an electronic or paper-based day planner to organize, prioritize, and schedule your day. Why? With this knowledge and all these gadgets, you may ask, do I still feel I can't get everything done I need to? The answer is absolutely simple. Everything you've ever learned about managing time is a complete waste of time because it doesn't work. Before you can even begin to manage time, you have to learn what time is. A dictionary defines time as the point or period at which things occur. Put simply, time is when stuff happens. In real time, all time is relative. Time flies or drags depending on what you're doing. Two hours at the Department of Motor Vehicles can feel like 12 years. Yet, the years pass yet with the blink of an eye. So what time describes the world in which you really live, real time or clock time? The reason time management gadgets and systems don't work is that those systems are designed to manage clock time. Clock time is irrelevant. You don't live in or even have access to clock time. You live in real time, a world in which all time flies when you're having fun or drags when you're doing taxes. The good news is that when is that real time is mental. It exists between your ears. You create it. Anything you create, you can manage. It's time to remove any self-sabotage or self-limitation you have around not having enough time or today not being the right time to start a business or manage your business properly. There are only three ways to spend time. Thoughts, conversations, and action. Regardless of the type of business you own, your work will be composed of those three items. As an entrepreneur, you might be frequently interrupted or pulled in different directions. While you cannot eliminate interruptions, you do get a say on how much time you'll spend on them and how much time you'll spend on the thoughts, conversations, and actions that will lead you to success. So I've got some tips for you. You want to make sure that you're carrying around the schedule and recording all your thoughts, conversations, and activities for a week. This will help you understand how much you can get done during the course of a day and where your precious moments are going, you'll find that how much time is actually spent producing results and how much time is wasted on unproductive thoughts, conversations, and actions. And any activity or conversation that's important to your success should have a time assigned to it. To-do list gets longer and longer to the point where they're unworkable. Appointment books work. Schedule appointments with yourself and create time blocks for high-priority thoughts, conversations, and actions. And schedule when they will begin and end. Have the discipline to keep those appointments. Plan to spend at least 50% of your time engaged in the thoughts, activities, and conversations that produce the most of the results. And schedule time for interruptions. Plan time to be pulled away from what you're doing. Take, for instance, the concept of having office hours. Isn't office hours another way of saying planned interruptions? Take the first 30 minutes of every day to plan your day. Don't start your day until you complete your time plan. The most important time of the day is the time you schedule to schedule time. Take five minutes before every call and task to decide what result you want to attain to help you know what success looks like before you start. And we'll also slow time down. Take five minutes after each call and activity to determine whether your desired result was achieved. And if not, what's missing? How do you put what's missing in your next call or activity? Put up a do not disturb sign when you absolutely have to get work done. Practice not answering the phone just because it's ringing and emails just because they show up. Disconnect instant messaging. Don't instantly give people your attention unless it's absolutely critical in your business to offer an immediate human response. Instead, schedule a time to answer email and return phone calls. Block out other distractions like Facebook and other forms of social media unless you use those tools to generate business. 
And remember that it's impossible to get everything done. Also remember that odds are good that 20% of your thoughts, conversations, and activities will produce 80% of the results. There you have it, my time management tips in four and a half minutes. You've got to put it into action as we move into 2017. I learned a lot from today's program. Fantastic lineup of guests, Elon Kornblum, uh, the publisher of Great Kosher Restaurants Magazine. And we spoke with Jeff Pruitt uh, talking to us about uh, the EPA study about fracking. You can find those guests and download podcasts from these programs on my website, shalomkline.com. Please support me in my upcoming run in the Las Vegas Marathon coming up the end of January. Find out information about that on my website, shalomkline.com. Check out our sponsors, TandemHR, 630-928-0510 or tandemhr.com. To success, let's get down to business. I'll talk to you next Sunday at 6 p.m. For the past 100 years, R.B. Hayward Company has been a leader in the Chicagoland HVAC sheet metal industry. Hayward has installed ventilation.